enter our life, it can knock the wind out of us. Grief can come from broken relationships, the loss of a job, dashed hope and dreams, divorce, or the death of a loved one. The losses can crush your spirit and cause you great pain. How do you find hope when your heart breaks? Join us today as I interview Michael Newman, author of the new book, Hope When Your Heart Breaks, Navigating Grief and Loss. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, Michael, for being my guest today. It's a joy to be with you, Kay, and a special Joy to be with you in person. Yeah, isn't doesn't that great? happen. Yeah, yeah. We have. Are... I have interviewed you multiple times over the years, but I've never had you across the table from me to see your nice smiling <laughs> face. That's awesome. It's so great to have you here. Oh, it is a joy to be with you. Good. Yeah. Well, tell us why you wrote the book. You know, it's interesting. A Concordia Publishing House approached me with the idea. They said we really need a book on grieving, and so I thought and prayed about it, and. Just because of my years in pastoral ministry, walking with people through some of the toughest times they experience, and then even in my own personal life, I thought, you know, I could do that. I really want to do that. So I began a little research, and looking around to see what resources there were for folks who were grieving. And I found a whole bunch of things for folks who suffer the death of loved ones. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't find anything that addressed the other grief losses, like the ones you mentioned in the intro, or even covered kind of the variety, the roller coaster ride of emotions a person faces even when they lose a loved one. So I thought, this is how I want to approach this book in a unique way, in a way that perhaps will allow this book to be a lifeline for people who are on the crazy, heart-wrenching journey of grief. Yeah, and it's good to have that. Um, You know that my husband and I lost our two adult sons, one in 2009 and one in 2010. And so we understand grief uh, and the many aspects of grief, but uh, there's always a need to talk about it. But I think also that I really like the fact that you're not just talking about the death of a loved one. People grieve when they go through a divorce. Recently, I interviewed Donna Pyle in her book, Without This Ring, And for her, divorce was a tremendous grieving process. And for many others, it is as well because all of the things you hoped for and dreamed about are over, the same as when we lose a loved one. So I think that's excellent. Tell us a little bit more about how you uh, set up the book. I mean, first of all, I really like the fact that you can just go and look at the different topics and pick a chapter to read. You don't have to read it from the front to the back. Why exactly, is that? Exactly. Yeah, it's got 52 chapters. I thought 52 is a good number, 52 weeks of the year. <laughs> and actually, it grew to 52 because I started assembling a list of feelings, experiences, questions, uh, just different challenges people face as they go through heartbreak and struggle. And I thought, wow, there are a lot of them. And so it turned into 52. And then I tried to group them in categories. So there's one, feelings, thoughts, your life, yourself, your faith, people, the future, fears, love. So like you said, if you're feeling a need for something, you can open the book. You can go to any chapter and say, this is what I need right now. You know, there's some uh, when, when you can't do what you used to do or when you thought your life would go differently. You could say, that's what I need and read just that short chapter. They're very short. Mm-hmm. There's a little 
a devotion, a Bible reading, and some thought questions, a place for journaling after each of the chapters, just so you can go from moment to moment in the heartbreak and receive the hope that Jesus gives. Awesome. So let's talk about one. When grief shows up, you talk about Joseph from God's Word. Tell us a little bit about Joseph's story and why he would have had grief showing up. I tell you, he's the lead character. He opens the book and he closes the book. And what it shows, first of all, is that the the Bible is just filled with people who have experienced heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many different biblical characters highlighted throughout the chapters. Uh, Joseph starts us off because here he was, the apple of his dad's eye, the favored son in the Old Testament. He was uh, the one who received the coat of many colors. Uh, But he was a little bit of an arrogant teenager as well, had his dreams and told his brothers and father they'd one day bow down and worship him. So he wasn't a popular guy. And and that really put Joseph into a journey of grief because his brothers hated him. They plotted to kill him. They threw him in a cistern. And fortunately, he was delivered from death, but then he was sold into slavery in Egypt. So just imagine this. Here's a teenage kid uprooted from his home, going from a favored child to a slave in a foreign land. Uh, And it, it was really 13 years from when he was thrown into the cistern to when Finally, things started going a little better. Uh, and through those the years, Joseph just experienced grief. It intruded into his life. He lost everything, his identity. It was uh, something he questioned. He was unjustly accused. He thought God had forgotten about him. So he is a great example of someone who understands grief and loss. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great story, and I would encourage our listeners to read it because it's too long to go into all of it. But uh, you know, going into slavery and then being put in jail for doing what was right, yeah. for resisting temptation, and uh, and yet God was with him. God pursued Joseph all of those years. He hadn't forgotten him, had he? Well, and, that, and that, that's a, a key point of the book, that in your grief, in your loss, in your heartbreak, God isn't just sitting back or far away. He pursues you, mm-hmm. and he did pursue Joseph. And he actually gave Joseph— not only blessing and uh, shaping of his soul and spirit through his time of loss, but he gave him purpose. And later on, uh, Joseph says, you know, you, to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good so that many people's lives could be saved. He's a little foreshadowing of Christ himself. So we see that God brings beauty even out of heartbreak. And that's hard to imagine sometimes when you're right at the beginning of it, but uh, we cling to God who's faithful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Well, you also have feelings we experience, anger, sadness. And in that uh, section, you talk about Jesus wept. I think it's the shortest sentence in the Bible. Yeah. Tell us why uh, and what you say in that chapter about sadness. Well, it's something that, that was always the verse all the confirmation students wanted to have for their memory work, you know, Jesus wept because it's so <laughs> short. So that, I want that one. But it's packed with meaning. Uh, in John chapter 11, Jesus uh, is shown to have lost his good friend Lazarus and Mary and Martha were Lazarus's sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Jesus spoke with Martha, he was just moved to tears when he saw everyone crying and weeping. And Jesus actually wept a few times in the scriptures. And it just shows that uh, tears are not wrong. 
we need to lean into our grief. And Jesus, in this little section, gives us permission to truly honor the loved one we lost or the hurt we're feeling by shedding tears and knowing that he knows how we feel. We can approach him in our time of need, and he will wrap his arms of care around us. It's great to have an understanding Savior, isn't it? It is. Instead of someone who says, hey, come on, get over it. He says, no, I'm walking with you. I cry Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you also talk a little bit later in the feelings we experience about Jacob and um, how he fought with his twin brother Esau. Uh, Another interesting story from the Old Testament and then later how he wrestled with God in prayer. Just talk a little bit more about how God continued to walk with Jacob. Yeah, Jacob was a scoundrel, and he was guilty, felt guilty uh, because of what he had done, and he was scared stiff when he was going back to see his brother. But again, as you said, he wrestled with God. The key thing in that section from Genesis is he said, I will not let go until you bless me. (laughs) He's even working to try to get God to bless him. But why did he want God to bless him? I I don't quite get that. Well, this is what I love about it. Here, Jacob had, he'd done some terrible things. And sometimes our heartbreak uh, and our grief is caused because we've done some terrible Mm -hmm. things. You know, you have regrets as a parent Mm -hmm. or something you did in a relationship or you caused something to be fouled up. And because of God's love, we can hang on to him in faith, by his grace. And we can say, Lord, I know I did it all wrong. I know I'm a sinner. I'm broken. But I'm going to hold on to you for this whole ride and not let go until you bless me. God promises he will bless us. Mm -hmm. And he blessed Jacob. Mm -hmm. And Jacob walked away from that encounter with a limp. And and I say in the book that, you know, our our walkway may be a little different after we wrestle Uh. with God, but it changes us as his servants. And uh, so... That, I think it's a great comfort for people who are heartbroken. They could just say, God, I need you. I'm going to hang on to you, and I'm going to look for your blessing. Awesome. And I, I saw in your book you had this statement, God's grace is not hindered by our failures. I love that mm. because, as I said, we are, and as you said, we're all sinners. We don't do it right, and especially many times when we're young. One of the things that I learned recently is teenagers' brains don't, continue, don't finish growing until they're in their mid-20s. And uh, you can look back and say, why did I do that when I was a teenager or a young adult? Or why did our child do that? But um, uh, we do make mistakes. That's we for do sure. sin. Yeah, and it not it great that God really does bring forgiveness through Jesus and the guilt the foul-ups, the failures of our past can truly be wiped clean, washed away through Christ. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, even after folks suffer the death of loved ones, one thing I notice is that guilt kind of swoops in. And the those who are living say, gosh, you know, I, I was grumpy that day and I shouldn't have been that way or I should have been nicer. All, all the woulda, shoulda, coulda, and devil tries to pile the guilt sure. on your shoulders And this is why we need our Savior to say, hey, you're forgiven. You're brand new in Christ. We do. We need to remember that and proclaim that every day because so many people walk around with this big pile of guilt that they're dragging with them. And Jesus suffered and died even for our guilt. Amen. That's for sure. So um, under your chapter on thoughts, 
Uh, you talk about Jesus in at Gethsemane uh, asking his disciples to pray for him, but every time he came back, he found them asleep. Let's talk a little bit more about that. I love that story, but what do we learn from it? Well, you know, for, for this book, we see Jesus suffering letdown and disappointment. His most faithful friends, his close, the people closest to him, couldn't even stick with him in the toughest time. And it's important, I think, for people who are going through heartbreak to understand that sometimes their friends are going to fumble it. They're going to say the wrong things. They're going to let them down. They, they may not get it. And you, you may need to help them along a little bit. You may need to just be a little extra understanding. But it sets up, I think, a realistic expectation that not everyone's going to get it right. And sometimes the people in your life can't carry the load for you like you'd like them to. And that's why we need the Savior who could bear our burdens. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Um, and I'll, just a, a comment about why Jesus asked them to pray. Didn't he, did he need their prayers? He did. Isn't it a beautiful he thing? He Good. needed the support of his friends. He needed their prayers. We need those prayers. Can't do it alone, right? Uh-huh. And this is, I think, a great commentary on Christian community. Uh, we're a very individualistic society. So how important it is to understand we need one another. And, uh, you know, these days, uh, it's a hard, hard days for the church. People are, are questioning the importance of the church. But remember, the church is people. And Jesus shows us here that we need one another. We need the body of Christ. We need the community of believers to surround us. Good. Okay. I'm going to make a few announcements, then we'll come back and continue talking about different segments of your book, Hope When Your Heart Breaks. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Where Sadness and Grief Meet. To request the booklet, call the Response Center at 1-877-250-8416 or email witness to family at gmail.com. If you're a Thrivent member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. It's simple. Go to their website at www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call the Thrivent headquarters 1-800-847-4836 and their staff will help you do this. Please remember that recurring direction of choice dollars to recipients is no longer an option. You must now go through the gift directs process each time you receive notification that choice dollars are available. All funds through choice dollars are used to pay for our radio airtime. We love to hear from our listeners. Send a note telling us how the program topics and guests have helped you and equipped you to serve and witness. You can contact us at Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Again, I want to introduce my guest, Reverend Michael Newman, author of Hope When Your Heart Breaks. The book is available through Concordia Publishing House. You can go to their website at www.cph.org. Uh, do you also have it available in another way, Michael? Yeah, you can go to Amazon.com, search Hope When Your Heart Breaks. You can go to my website, mnewman.org, and all my books are there, including this one. And you can even go to your local Barnes & Noble store Good. and ask for it. So there's a lot of places to get it. And I'll tell you, I think it's important. This is a great resource, so 
Churches can have it on hand. You can have a few copies at home. I just gave one to my neighbor whose husband had a stroke. And Sure, it would be open. You wouldn't have to be an active Christian to be using this. It's just yeah, And it's a great way to reach people with the yeah. good news of Jesus, sure. right? Introduces Very them good. to it. Yeah. Very good idea. Thank you yeah. so much. Well, if anybody didn't get all that and wants to ask again, just email us at witness to family at gmail.com and we'll get that information to you. So as we continue talking about the book, I loved the story. It's under your uh, topic of life, when you have a good day and feel guilty. Uh, When Peter, the Apostle Peter, says, I'm going fishing, and that's after the resurrection. Yes. And uh, and he's kind of, I may be wrong, but I always thought he's kind of going back to what he did before, and that's not what he was supposed to be doing because he was supposed to now be a fisher of men. Am I wrong or right on that? Well, yeah, you know, Peter, gosh, he just went through the traumatic, horrible experience of not only seeing his teacher and savior crucified, but uh, he denied him three times. Oh, he right. disappointed yeah. Jesus. So, you know, you can, I don't know, I can't even imagine just the guilt, the pain, the regret he was feeling. And I contrast Peter to Judas because Judas also denied the Savior. And you think, well, what's the difference yeah, between what is the, the two? Difference? Right. And I just highlight when you're grieving and heartbroken, you can either veer into escape. And sometimes that becomes very unhealthy, whether it's in you know uh, overspending or overeating or drugs or alcohol or this escapism we have. And Judas did that, you know, he ended his own life. He was he, he veered into escape. But uh, Peter, uh, he sought rest and replenishment as an answer to his grief. And so he said, let's go fishing. That was his sweet spot. I, I, he grew up on the sea. He had the smells, the sounds, uh, his, his muscle memory, throwing those nets out there. And so he said, you know, I'm just going to go back to my comfort zone. And Jesus sought him there and let him know that he had he still had a purpose. He still could be a fisher of men. He restored him. Uh, so for folks who are heartbroken, uh, one of the points is if you have a good day and go back, just you know, kind of find your sweet spot and what's familiar. Mm. Christ will find you there as well. And it's okay to have a good day. Sure. And I did like in, in that chapter you said Jesus didn't quelch their happiness of fishing. Uh he 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 said, "Did you did you get some fish?" And they said, "No." And then he said, "Well, go to the other side and throw uh, the nets over." And they did catch 153 fish. That's right. So they had a good day, didn't they? They had a great day. I said he he didn't squelch it. He put an exclamation point on it. He said, "In other words, this is your sweet spot. This is what you love." Well, we ain't seen nothing yet. And and that's I think an important thing in the middle of our heartbreak and grief. It's not all going to be darkness and dreariness. In fact, the Lord will open up a good day or a good moment once in a while mm-hmm. as a gift. And yeah. that's, that's okay. Can you that's imagine good. Peter and all his fishermen friends saying, sure. whoa, here we go. <laughs> yeah, we got 153 <laughs> fish. Yeah, awesome. And then he cooked them for breakfast. And then they and Jesus cooked them, right, didn't he? Yeah, right. yeah it's a, that's a great story. And again, I think a lot of times people forget that Jesus was in his resurrected body that's at that right. point. Yeah. Exactly. So. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, I've been studying King David, and I noticed under faith you have David, uh, when you believe God has forgotten you, uh, and yet God called him a man after his own heart, which I think a lot of times people don't get because I believe that was said after David uh, had relations with Bathsheba and then sent her husband to be killed 
Uh, he was King David at the time, was he not? He I know was. that's not all in your book, but I but I just found that extremely interesting that a leader that God ordained as king and said that about um, had done those terrible things, and yet God forgives. It's amazing. And he didn't take him out of his leadership position. So we don't have perfect leaders, do we? Right. Oh, exactly. exactly. We're saint sinners, aren't we? Sinner mm-hmm. saints. And actually, that David is referenced as a man after God's own heart in the New Testament as well. Oh, so, is he? Okay, Yeah, good. so both. And it just shows exactly that, you know, God was faithful to him. And even in our worst brokenness, in our greatest failings, we have a Savior who covers that. There's no sin too big mm-hmm. for God uh, that was covered when Jesus paid the price on the cross. Now, sometimes as we navigate loss, like David, we wait. We wait and wait on God. And he had to wait actually 15 years from the time he was anointed as king to the time he actually took the throne. And he wasn't just sitting around enjoying himself. He was being pursued by King Saul. He was uh, on the run, hiding in caves. He had to pretend he was insane, kind of make a fool of himself to save his own life. Mm -hmm. And David expresses in Psalm, I think it's 31, he says, Lord, why, why have you cast me aside? You know, have you forgotten about me? I, I think it's important to know those verses in the scriptures and know David's feelings because sometimes when you suffer loss, when this unexpected horrible thing comes into your life, you ask the question, God, have you forgotten about me? Mm-hmm. And we can do that. And God comes back to us with his promises to reassure us as we walk with him from moment to moment. You know, this faith section, I hope, validates the deep, scary questions people ask when they do believe in God, but suddenly they say, God, I don't know if I like you very much mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to ask those questions. Yeah. God has, uh, somebody told me years ago that lost her son, God has great big so- shoulders mm-hmm. and he can take our anger even against him. We can talk to him openly and let him know our feelings, but also when we have that kind of relationship with him, we know he really loves us and he is close to us. And he walks, as you said earlier, with us through all the trials and tribulations that that's we right. deal with. And Kay, that's a great point. God can take the worst of anything we can throw at him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we've got a lot of ugly things or angry things we've got to throw at him, but it's the best place to go. It is. Yeah. Because he has big shoulders and he knows our hearts anyway. So why keep it a secret? Exactly. Yeah. Michael Newman is my guest, and his book, Hope When Your Heart Breaks. So what else do we want to talk about, Uh, just uh, some of the most important things that we can share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, maybe just, uh, it it was very interesting searching the scriptures and looking at all these biblical characters. There's a variety of men and women in the Bible who have experienced terrible loss and grief. And sometimes people feel like the Bible is just a book of all of these outstanding saints we can never measure up to. But as you mentioned with even King David, it really is a collection of people who are living real life. And the scriptures show that God really does pursue us in the darkness we experience, the heartbreak we experience, for young and old, for all people. When I was writing this book, I I was thinking of, I remember a, a high school young girl walked approached me one day as I was serving as a pastor. And she was going out with a a boy in high school, and they thought that was it. You know, they were going to get married one day, and it was a wonderful relationship. They loved each other. But he broke up with her. 
And she was so devastated, so brokenhearted. And as I wrote this book, I thought about her, among many other people. But I thought she needed this lifeline. She could have used this book, kind of a daily resource to look into and and be replenished and recover. Uh, There's a great verse in Psalm 34. I love it. It's Psalm 34, verse 18. Maybe it's the central verse that this whole book is built around. It's the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. Don't you love that? The I Lord love is that close yeah. to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that's us so often. One more verse. I love Isaiah 61, and later Jesus quoted this. But Jesus came for the purpose of bringing good news to the poor and binding up the, the brokenhearted. Broken Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. So this really is God's focus and purpose, and I hope people can find that and find a lifeline of hope in this book. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, the book is Hope When Your Heart Breaks. We still have a couple minutes left, so any other thoughts that you have? I did have one other story. I I thought the love and Lazarus dies, if you Mm. just have a quick comment about that. Mary and Martha, Jesus came to Mary and Martha when Lazarus died, and uh, she came up and said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died, and... And then he goes into the, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. I love it. Oh, yeah. it well, and that really is, it's a great uh, biblical account to conclude on because mm-hmm. it shows that loss does not have the last word. Life in Christ has the last word now, this side of heaven, and ultimately eternally. So eternally. Jesus gives a great gift as he pursues people who have broken hearts. Absolutely. And and we know and believe that Jesus covered all of our sins. He is the Savior of not just Christians, but all people. His death 2,000 years ago paid the penalty for everyone's sins, but they do have to have faith. And in today's world, too much time. I'll have to have you again. Uh, I was just going to start a whole thing about how challenging it is today, uh, how many people are turning their backs on God. And yet, if they would just get into the Word of God, they would grow, they would learn. Well, and just really, you said it well, Kay. And isn't it true that perhaps the way people who don't know Christ and don't know hope will be introduced to him is through their own heartbreak. It, it happens oh, so yeah, often that way. For sure. So this is a great opportunity to share with others when people are suffering and hurting. Yeah, And I think people are more open when their heart has broken to have someone come and walk alongside them, not preach to them, just walk along, be a friend, share the love of Jesus Christ. I guess that's a great way to end the program again. My guest has been Michael Newman. His book, Hope When Your Heart Breaks, you can find that book on the CPH website, www.cph.org. And again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.